0: Hi there. My name is Ino Anzur. I'm a composer, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about my world, my life, and one of the recent games that I've composed the music for—a little one called Fallout Four. Well, you know, thank you so much for
1: inviting me here to your studio. It's uh, amazing to sit with you. I've been such such a fan, and. Uh, uh, to, to, to talk today, so it's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, let's start from the beginning, I guess, going, uh, starting back to your childhood, because you, your accent doesn't sound like it's from here. So, uh, talk about where you're from. and, and I'm not from this country.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so you're yeah, from Israel? I'm from Israel. Yeah. Uh, I. Came here with my wife um, in nineteen ninety, actually. Wow.
1: Okay.
0: And but still carry the um, accent quite proudly. <laughs> um, and um, I came here because my dream was to be um, a jazz pianist. Oh wow! And um, it was funny because I wasn't that great of a pianist, but <laughs> I do I did have a dream. Yeah. So, um, but um, I started studying here in LA um, at the Grove School of Music. Uh huh. And little by little or, you know, I just found out that actually composition is really, really what I'm after. Right. Because I always liked to compose and the whole jazz thing was something that I loved and I still love. Right. But, you know, composing for media overall was something that started really to get into my soul. Awesome. And once I finished school, I started, you know... um, talking to people and the first thing I did was um, looking at universities and, and composing uh, student films which was great great adventure right um, I even scored uh, a film called Yellow Lotus that um, was quite successful and uh, ended up in the Sundance Film Festival in 91 uh, I believe oh wow that's right so right off when 92. you got here already exactly. in the Sundance Just, Film Festival right it was like like <laughs> it was weird you know Lots of snow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, but your childhood growing up in Israel, I mean, what was like that? that your musical kind of heritage? Where did it begin? Was it, you come from a musical family? Did you discover it on your own? And well,
0: did... my, my family is, you know, they love music. They're mm-hmm. not musicians, but they love music. And right. they played to me, for me, a lot of classical music since I was really, really young. But I was, you know, right away hooked um, yeah. since I was so young. And, Age of eight, already played piano and start composing like little children's mm-hmm. songs on piano. So, this was always the center of my life. Right. Um, and um, I in Israel, uh, where I grew up in a kibbutz, um, they definitely took care of me, and I've been enrolled in lots of special classes with music. So, <clears throat> when I reached eighteen, I was always already. You know, quite, you know, knowledgeable in music, and I was quite okay pianist, and mm-hmm. I could do a lot of things. Well, the only thing is, like, you need to go to the army. So, <laughs> I was spending four years, um uh, you know, in a tank. Oh wow! Right, in, <laughs> you know, in the you know front line in Israel and. <clears throat> doing a lot of things but not music right, unless not you, you could call shooting music but it wasn't music to my ears yeah. <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do and and uh, of course i never regret it i mean it's it was a it, it's not about the experience it's something that everybody has to do right so um but after that i've decided that uh, it's time to realize my dream and i understood that here in the United States and especially Los Angeles could be a great place for me to flourish.
1: And I mean, was that scary making that move coming here because I mean, for me I'm, you know, I was born in Maryland and just coming here was scary, but coming from all the way across, you know, You know, Atlantic it's like
0: if I would have to do it all over again, mm-hmm. believe me, I would scared I would be scared to my pants, yeah. okay? But you're young. I was 24 or 25. Right. I you know, the whole life was you know, you know, uh, before me, and I, I just, it seems natural to just yeah. embark on a new adventure. Right. You know, <laughs> so no, I don't remember that either me or my wife um were scared or, or, or worried. I mean, of course you always, you know, like you want to make it, right. but <laughs> yeah, I don't think that fear was part of the emotions. That's good.
1: Yeah. So when you got here, and I mean, you've built an amazing career of, uh, of for yourself, but you know, primarily in video game composing. I mean, how did that fall? How did you fall into that niche? How did you? Were you playing video games? Did you know about video games? Okay, so
0: I have to admit, um, and people that know me, they know very well, I am not a what what you call a per se gamer. Right. You know, I am. Very enjoying playing games, specifically the games that I actually didn't do, <laughs> uh, because I love to hear what other, uh, what other people yeah. are doing. This is part of the reasons why I'm playing games. It's like I want to listen to what the other guys yeah, are yeah. doing, but I'm not a gamer. Um, I'm not. This is not how I'm spending my free hours. I have a lot of passion for the gaming industry. Right. That's totally different. Uh, today. Even though I am not a gamer, I know about games more than uh, your most avid gamers will know. Right. Because I basically invested myself into getting into the whole inside of making, you know, all the soundtrack for games. Right. And in order to do that, I had to understand um, the whole thing inside, including the soul of the gamer. Um, But the whole thing started really accidentally. Um, I was uh, working at the Fox Family Channel from 1995, I believe.
1: That's right. You did a lot of those uh, kind of cartoons. I did and...
0: hundreds of Power Rangers right. TV episodes and and Beetleborgs and State of Grace and you name it. You <laughs> know, it's a lot. Like. Right. Um, but one day I received like a weird phone call and a very gruff and... and um, Almost like official um, um, voice came out of the phone. It's like, Hello, my name is Bob Rice, <laughs> and I'm representing composers for um, video games. And I said, Okay, so let's get these things straight. First, you're representing composers. This thing was not, I, I didn't know that people even represented composers. Right. <laughs> And you're presenting composers for composers that writing music for video games. Okay, I didn't know that there is music on video games. I thought that always like these, like some electronic sounds and that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> and and he asked me like, would you like to try to compose um, music for computer games? And I said, no, thank you. Um, not for me. Not I'm, no, I'm, thank you. Yeah, I'm here for the big... Hollywood, right. you know, film or TV shows, And I'm very nice situated here at the Fox Family Channel and, and everything is OK. But he was very, very stubborn.
1: Yeah.
0: And he asked me, like, do you like to write for orchestra? And I said, yeah, that's my dream. And he said, do you know that in computer games nowadays, we're talking 96, yeah, that's- um, people are actually recording classical orchestras for computer games? and he's starting sending me some scores. And it's like, wow, really? (laughs) Um, You know what, let me try it. Yeah. So we tried. Wow. (laughs) And the first game I did was um, for uh, Interplay. Um, And then uh, it was Star Trek Klingon Academy. Wow. (laughs) And this game, you know, it was my first game and I recorded the Seattle Symphony for it. And I recorded a choir for it. And I recorded it. it. was like a whole thing. And it was like a dream comes true. Wow. And since then, I was just hooked. So, yeah. So I recorded um, for uh, Star Trek um, Clean Academy. I recorded orchestra, you know, and <laughs> choir. And to me, it was really like a, a, a dream comes true. And I just got hooked. And I never looked back. Yeah. In fact, um, in 2001, I actually... Um, uh, left, you know, um, my sort of like TV work and became a full time game composer. Um, since then, I, you know, went here and there and did some projects, some trailers and mm-hmm. TVs and movies and stuff. But uh, video games, you know, in many, many ways were like a great passion.
1: I know. I, just, I you mean, know, for me. And I always found it very interesting the fact that. Do you you feel like that it became... Did you really just try to focus on game composing? Or did you become, like, kind of pigeonholed into it?
0: So, So, yeah, no, I, I mean, of course, in Hollywood, there is pigeonholing. And it's sometimes unfortunate because, you know, I mean... Everybody wants to take a shot at projects that are interesting for them. Right. And sometimes there is you know, a TV show or a movie that is really interesting for me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there is a game that is really, really interesting. And I'm looking around. And every time I see something that is interesting, I'd like to see maybe I could get a shot of scoring it. Right, right. Um, but it is... It's not even, like, game composer versus film composer versus TV composer. There are, like, film composers that they're known to do comedy. Right. So they'll be hired to do comedy. Yeah. But maybe they could do more than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, or action or stuff. So definitely there is pigeonholing. And this is too bad to me because, I mean, I think that, you know, many composers has just a lot to offer. Right. To humanity. Yeah. You know, and if you put them in one place and you don't let them, you know, try to, you know, go to other places, yeah. you know, then you might have missing something.
1: So, I mean, looking at the, the way the industry is, and uh, do you think that the, the way that, you know, the executives, the big people look at it, do you think they look at games and game composers as a lesser art form, as like for kids, you know, toys and all that stuff, do you think they take it as seriously as they should?
0: I think that today we could see that a lot of the big film composers first are composing for games.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You
0: know, so having said that, I believe that this is already had been bridged. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the art of writing music for games is totally different, though. Yeah. And. There are many considerations, techniques, um, even the way you're composing, that in games are different. I believe that writing for games is actually more pure way of composition, because in many, many cases, you will compose a full piece. When you compose music for film or for TV, you're locked to a picture, right? And to the so end, it has to be exactly. Growing. So it 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 cannot really sort of like grow and evolve and mm-hmm. develop and start and and the way c- the composer will want, right? But in video games, it's totally different. Yeah, um, the in-game cues, what we call them, are like like mini pieces, right? And they have a beginning, uh, introduction, development, recapitulations, everything. It's almost like the old way of composing music. Right. You know, we're not bounded or, or limited um, to be, you know, part of pictures. That has nothing to do with... And um, it, it definitely doesn't say that we cannot compose music for picture. In fact... In games, um, some of the most important parts are cinematics, that seems, yeah. you know, and these are like segments of between one minute to five minutes. And there are a lot of them during games that, you know, we will game composers uh, will score the film the way the same way the film composer will score. No right. difference. But when it comes to the in game music, there really like the challenge. And yeah. so I believe that today people will, are getting to understand that the hip music and the more advanced music and the more interesting music actually are happening in the gaming industry.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I mean, do you listen? I mean, just look, we'll start maybe looking at uh, Fallout right now a little bit, which just came out today. Um, I'm sacrificing a lot by not playing it right now, I to be having I to. And I appreciate be- that. <laughs> You have but, all night. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm not going to get any sleep tonight. Right. But that, And you've composed the other two games, so it's not a new... Right. I mean, it is new because... It's Actually, so, other
0: three games. That's right, yes. Uh, yeah, follow <laughs> tactics as well. Tactics, yeah. So yeah. you
1: are very embedded in this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first one for the next-gen systems and everything. Um, but it's such, it's, it is the uh, example of open sandbox gaming. Yeah. I mean, and it's so immense. I mean... How do you even begin to structure it? when you, when you start talking with the developers? Like, how do you like? Okay, well, this is the the story, but you know, the player goes here, 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 and there's different worlds. And how do you even begin to, I guess, conceptualize? It's a
0: great question, and the way we are we conceptualize it is actually not by what the game is, but what we want to tell the player to do, mm-hmm. and what we want the player to feel, and. So this way, we don't really care how big is the game. Right. We just care about one thing, the emotions that we want to create during this story. And the story itself is really great and interesting, but it's not very complicated. You know, it has twists and turns, and I don't want to give too much, you know, information about it. But... The emotional part is the most important thing. Right. And the emotional part is being created by the music. So you could go for, you know, you just take the wasteland and just go forever. But then are you being threatened? Right. Are you, you know, being comfortable at this point? Do you feel victorious? Yeah. You know, are you scared? This is what we're giving you. I'm not giving you um, like where you are right now or where you about to go, mm-hmm. only what you feel. And this is the way I always looked at music for games and composition, basically trying to cover the emotional aspect and yeah. the emotional dimension, you know, of, of uh, the, the game. Right and so this is how you start finish and do everything <laughs> in the middle
1: <laughs> I mean, but like for, I mean it, follows of course is completely different than say something you composed in the past like Crisis or you know uh, Prince of Persia or anything like that but is there like a script is there like a script for a game like, because there's thousands of hours of dialogue I mean how do you I
0: wouldn't say that there is a script um, not to this game yeah uh, there are other games that I'm working on for example I just started and I could Announce it. If you, know, you announce
1: something? Okay, sure. Uh,
0: that I started to work on the g- amazing game uh, called Siberia 3. Oh, that's right. And um, it was already announced uh, before, so yeah, i yeah, just it confirm was, it. <laughs> um, and this definitely has a script. Right. Because it's more sort of like a game slash motion picture. More
1: linear. So, yeah.
0: exactly. And it's very linear. So, there is definitely a script right. for that. Fallout has basically it's so immense and huge that script is not the right way to treat it yeah what you've been given is all right we have this part of the story that you are here and you're doing this and this Let's try to think what kind of music we could write.
1: So they just kind of give you like a sketch outline of the exactly. actions, uh, the.
0: Not the action so much, but more of like, okay, so this is XYZ area mm-hmm. in the game. Again, I don't want to say too much <laughs> because many people did not play the game. It is, day one. <laughs> exactly. But this area has this and this condition. Right. Um, and the situa- your situation is this and this and this you're under duress, um, maybe you're cold, maybe it's nighttime, maybe it's daytime. Okay. Um, You know, uh, you need to move fast, you could move slow. Um, There are lots of enemies mounting, or you just basically feel relaxed at this place. All these elements are being given to the composer. Mm -hmm. It is really challenging um, to do it without playing the game.
1: So you're never, are you composing a picture at all? No, no. no. So it's all conceptual.
0: All very conceptual. and wow. And conceptual. And, but I must give it to Bethesda mm-hmm. and um, Todd Howard and Mark Lampert, who is the other director, that they're actually really avid on not giving me a lot of details and really keeping everything vague because they want to see what my take right. will be the stuff i mean i can tell you that fallout probably is the game as far as composition that is the most me yeah because i'm not being given any examples there is no um temp score of course right there is no there's no script no picture nothing it's just there's music. maybe few words of description and stuff and we want to see what your take is on wow. and usually they're going to make not so many fixes unless it's like the main theme and stuff that you know you go a lot of back and forth because right, it's right. very important or intro movie or outro movie and stuff um, so this is basically almost like a free composition
1: just a blank yeah, check to do
0: exactly whatever you want to do right and um, it is such a pleasure to to work with these people because they mm-hmm. you know i mean the whole but we know each other for for many years right. so, so the collaboration s- has built the collaboration itself, yeah. had built so so you know but still really great mm-hmm. great experience
1: so i want to nail down probably one of the most iconic parts of Fallout is the main theme that, you yeah. know, I put in that disc and I start up and I get chills when, you know, when it comes on. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> how do you, how did that theme come to when you, and not just fallout theme, but any theme right. over for sword course legends or anything that you're working on thematic. Uh, what is your process for, for thematic writing?
0: Is it, oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> is it, I mean, are you It's, 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 it's a combination of uh, total excitement, fear, um, uh, you know, um, something that you know that it's so crucial and important. Um, and you think that you have it, but then you don't have it. And then you try here and you try there. And how do you know the, when you have the, it? You don't usually. Really? It's, Does someone <clears> tell you that you have it? It's a process. Yeah. And you are working with people. Right, you have a team. Yeah. And you have a team like I'll send Mark you know, the theme. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, you know, I like this part, I don't like this part. And together, we're starting to come up with something that... <clears throat> I'll give you an example. The theme for Fallout, for example. Um, When I wrote it, that was for Fallout 3. Right. And I didn't really think about the actual theme, but I thought about what the game is all about. Mm -hmm. And in Fallout, there is always this kind of like balance between two forces, despair and hope, despair and hope. When I'm going to create a main theme, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like the heart and soul of a game. And you want to really get inside what really is the main idea behind the game. What is the notion? What's right. the essence? Yeah. All right. Um, Fallout. We have this sort of like two forces that are battling all the time, and this is despair and hope. Despair and hope, because we're coming from a desperate place mm-hmm. always, traditionally. Yeah. And we're trying to build and we're trying to create hope for for the player. Um. And so the theme of fallout basically almost representing when I'm coming to think about it, these, and that's why I think it caught so good because the motif, it's going basic. Mm -hmm. So it's like the dark and, but then when you raise it from a, a minor third to a major third, so you go from a minor chord to a major chord and that's the whole thing about Fallout the score is going between major chords and minor chords and together and this kind of like it's always duality right when i'm writing music for fallout it's almost right almost writing in two different keys and the duality in fallout is between you know the hope and right. the despair and you know, the actual main character, you know, and how he or she are, you know, basically coping. There is always a duality mm-hmm. inside the world of Fallout. And that was, that's why it was so important for me to, to keep this sort of like bittersweet, you know, mm-hmm. feel, of the minor and major that are it, is, it has that kind of
1: like darkness and then immediately becomes rising hope and you have that and i think it has a sense of a little bit of heroism a little bit exactly right? yeah, yeah.
0: but it's it's not like in it it's never like over the top heroic right uh, you and, know uh, and it always bands, has exactly yeah. and it always has some sort of cynical taste in it mm-hmm. but more than anything else it does represent sort of like the duality in between these so as far as a the theme for fallout this is the way i always looked at it and it's not only the theme i'm using basically these technique and these sort of like mode right that was created for fallout and almost any or a lot of uh, cues that i'm writing for fallout
1: and in, in talking about the cues the, the soundtrack which came out on iTunes is it 65 tracks long it's yeah,
0: which how, is really really small amount exactly
1: so and that was f- almost three hours of music there yeah. but what is the total number you wrote for Fallout 4 do you know? I don't know
0: <laughs> a lot a lot Did you say like Probably. seven hours? Uh, I don't know if seven but at least four or five hours wow I
1: yeah. mean is it Hard to does the music start melding together? Is it, does it become more challenging to make certain areas feel distinct or have a, a personality? We
0: worked on it really really hard. Yeah, I can. Imagine. That each area mm. will have its own, you know, uh, distinctive personality. Yeah. And uh, so I used or for example, there's some area there that believe it or not, one of the carrying you know signature was this little thing, the wow. Karina. Yeah, and I played the ucarina on this one. <laughs> And you could... And I didn't play it in like a um, traditional way, uh-huh. but it's almost resembling the wind. So this... <laughs> this kind of thing when you basically layer it, you know, with lots of effects and stuff right. inside the score, and the players could hear it very, very um, clear. Wow. Um, uh, so I always went to um, do like experimental things when it comes to Fallout in order to create the uniqueness um, of, of the music. And right. it's always a combination of some um, orchestral instruments mm-hmm some more electronic sound design, but a lot of organic sound design. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will go out in, you know, in my yard and either like hammer or things, or with a cello bow, mm-hmm. bow like on a metal chair. Yeah, wow. You know, and record everything, of course, with the zoom and um, uh, and basically uh, the integration of these sounds uh, would create um, the very typical fallout universe mm-hmm. or musical universe that it's like what is it uh, you know it, it's organic but it sounds very weird yeah because when you bow a chair <laughs> you know you will get some kind of a resonance because the, that's what the bow is doing
1: yeah
0: but uh, it's a chair.
1: Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's not meant to be played, but exactly. it'll give you something right. interesting. Very different. Yes. And uh, and just I'm looking at the fact that you have composed pretty much the entire franchise up to this point, not counting the you know the older older ones, but I think and I'm, maybe I'm just looking at it differently, or maybe I'm just, maybe this not real at all, but I feel like in terms of video game, having a composer stick on a franchise for that long seems very rare. I it feel is. like. I feel like in the I mean in in movies too you, at least you see it now with the superhero movies composers score one and they're off the next one but I feel like with the video games there's a lack of continuity when you're building a franchise. That's true.
0: And you know what? I mean is there a reason it, behind it, it? I mean <laughs> beyond I, I wish po-
1: beyond I politics or anything or is it just I I I mean I, I mean you
0: know there there, oh, there. politics there's always politics. Always, yeah. Okay. But I believe that one of the aspirations of many game producers and directors mm-hmm. and makers is to create something new, something that were not there before right, and they might even you know replace their you know graphic designers mm-hmm. in order to create something they they want to create something new <laughs> I, you know, and it, is it the music good lumped with that? They exactly. Say the music is
1: old and bad. They want something fresh and. I w-
0: they I don't think that they think that it's bad. Right. I think that they uh, really want to try to find a different flavor. Yeah. A different taste, and you, you cannot really blame them, because, you know, we as an audience, we are bombarded by so many things and we always crave to find or to listen to something that is, you know, we didn't hear before. Right. And so their search for originality sometimes results in just trying, you know, different composers. And it is legit. I mean, you could see it in movies and you could see it in games. I mean, and you could see it Everywhere, and I cannot really tell you if I think it's good or no, because I think that, yeah, to find, you know, new flavors is great, but continuity is also something so great. I mean, specifically for something that became iconic Right now. Some music just is not becoming iconic. And that's why you could really replace composers. Right. Some other music is becoming iconic with the game. And then it's a little harder... Yeah. You know, to replace the composer.
1: I can't imagine... Anyone doing Fallout besides you? So I hope, as long as it continues, you need to be on this. Well, you know, again, I mean,
0: <laughs> it it depends, and and you'll be surprised, but you know, there are always considerations. Right. I never take anything for granted. Yeah. You know, I mean, even on the Harry Potter series, you know, after three movies, uh, then, you know. John Williams did not continue. I don't know the story behind it, but the fact of the matter is, they did not. They they went with a different composer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, again, good, not good. I don't know. Right. You know, I'm too small and inexperienced when it comes to these kind of decisions. Right. Um. But but again, you know, it's harder to do. When music is becoming really iconic, and music is really attached yeah. to the brand. Now, if you want to change the brand, then that's a different story, and right. maybe you should mm-hmm. go with a different composer. But if the brand is basically the same brand, but you just come up with a new story and a new game. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I mean, you could look at something like Uncharted, the Uncharted series, and Greg Edmondson. Does amazing. uh, That theme is so iconic with that series. And then they had that big ruffle up with Naughty Dog, and I think a lot of people got fired. But then, you know, Henry Jackman's in there now. It's like, I love Henry Jackman, but what's it going to be like? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's the business side of things, but I also feel like I wonder. I believe, if
0: if you ask me, that it is, in many cases, more business than artistic decision. Um, but look, these are the producers. These are the directors. They're being, uh, uh, you know, they're hired to do the best job that they can. Right. Yeah. No one, and no they, you yeah. know, and and they, if this is what they believe in, then that's what's gonna be. Right. I mean, if they made good decisions or bad decisions, that's you know. Uh, we could decide later, yeah. Uh, but the the whole process, basically, of games um, or or scoring any project, is based on the artistic decisions that being taken by uh, you know producers and directors, and there's right. nothing you could do about it.
1: Right. You know? Well, I, th- I like. I mean, I like the discussion of the back and forth, and I, I find it. Because this is
0: something that you know, of course, uh, every composer, but also. Yeah, yeah, yeah every composer and, and, and of course me too are you yeah. know always struggling with is you know
1: but you, I would feel like if I was in that position I would probably look at myself and go did I do something wrong what did I, did I mess up or did they not like what I did it's not it's 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 it not easy. Good. It's I'm not sure it easy and, and
0: believe me as composer, you know, we are being rejected all the time. Oh, yeah. It's part of the business. You know, yeah. exactly. You know, either Everybody. it's, a, if, it's a, if it's a project that we didn't get or it's a cue that we wrote and somebody didn't like, it's art.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and it's subjective. And, and, and uh, it's yeah. very subjective. Mm-hmm. And as much experience as I have and some other people have, there's no way we could just, oh. You know, nail everything.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know,
0: and if we nail one every five or one yeah every four, then there were I couldn't be happier.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, so it it, it's a combination again between um, uh, artistic decision and Mm. political decision. Political business,
1: yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, but I I, just looking at the franchises you've worked on. I mean, you have Fallout, but you also jumped in on Dragon Age and. Prince of Persia, and you have Sword Coast Legends coming out too, and you did the Fantasia for Disney. That I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah, there's all these different worlds that you get to explore, and I'm wondering, kind of maybe, backtracking more on a general level, when you approach any project for the first time, what is what is the first thing that speaks to you? Kind of like to get the what do you look at? Do you look immediately for the tone of the game? Do you look immediately for the 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 style of the gameplay? What dictates your first the first note that comes out of you, what kind of pushes you towards that?
0: I believe that the first thing is trying to sort of like get myself as much as I can into this world. Mm-hmm. And the first step is talking to the producer and director
1: to get their and just them. listen,
0: tell me, <laughs> what's the story? What is the story? Who's your hero? You know, what are the forces? Mm-hmm. Um, what are we trying to say here? Show me some pictures. You know, let me hang with the artists that are drawing the pictures. Um,
1: Does that help you, concept art? In oh, like, totally, you know, to see totally.
0: Concept art is amazing. And it's really, really inspiring. Do you have as a producer or director somebody that you feel inspired by as far as music? Um, let's, I'm not saying that I do the same music, Mm -hmm. but let's try to find out what inspired you. Right. Because the first thing you want to create when you write the music is not how to nail it for the players, but how to nail it for the director and producer that they will feel supported and they will feel excited about what they're doing, it, and it will help them to mm-hmm. bring their production to a new level. So the most important thing is to try to sort of like level up mm-hmm. with the, you know, producer and music, you know, of course, audio director, and to understand what gets them. They We have to remember, they spend probably a year or sometimes two years without recreating uh, this game, yeah. without hearing one note. But they already have something in mind. What do they have in mind? Right. And this is basically what dictates the first note. What they really think, you know, the world should sound like. And it, they could say words like dark or blue or scary or outside or inside or whatever, any key words could in- inspire what I'm going to do. But I'm not starting from myself. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really emptying myself and get what they have to say right. and and understand what they have to tell me. And only then I can start applying in back in uh, myself.
1: Right. And, I, I, and, and you're talking about that and listening to them now. I, was, I found it really... Like I talked to Cliff Martinez. He did Far Cry 4. Right. And that was his first video game. And he says, yeah, it was very strange. He just said... Uh, he'd film the phone call. It's like, I need tension on a level 1 to 10, like a 7. And he'd do something instead of things. He's like, no, that's an 8. We need a 7. And yeah. he'd it back. So he's like, yeah. Classic,
0: you know? I mean, again, yeah, it's, it's a lot of back and forth. Right. Um, and at least not so many people are involved Mm-hmm. In this process, I mean, uh, like the movie that I did last year, Reclaim, Reclaim was, yeah. you know, um, at some point there were like seven or eight producers that, you know, sat here and <laughs> watching me work and stuff and like giving comments. And it's, it's like... American you Idol,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs>
0: exactly. So uh, uh, there are always lots of decision makers in movies In games are a little bit less, Yeah. which helps us. But you and this is also something so important you got to know who you work with right and you you got to learn their taste and because you need to adjust to their taste and what their vision not because you want them to like you Mm. but because there's if you're going to go against them then the whole project is going to fall apart you know they're going with one vision you got to go with their vision you cannot bring your own vision into it because it's you know it's probably going to collide.
1: So where does you your know? voice come from then if that's your voice as a composer? Excellent question. Right.
0: So basically after you get their sort of like notion mm-hmm. and then you start to bring yourself. Okay. And it's like I think that you said ominous here. Okay? Ominous could be like a dark Pad like low pad here, mm-hmm. and it could be a solo cello. I didn't think about solo cello, let's try that.
1: So, you kind of will you know pitch them something, see if they
0: really react to it exactly. I mean, you, you start, think, yeah. I mean, you understand the notion, mm-hmm. but how to get to it, this is where you bring yourself,
1: yeah. And I feel like you you learn that's probably a process you have to learn, like you probably, oh, yeah, that's, that's a, s- not something that is no, you have no. To, but I can tell
0: young composers that the first thing you need to know or to do is really to listen mm-hmm. and try basically to forget about yourself. <laughs> and, and don't try... Well, I wouldn't say selfless, but you got to understand that, yes, you have a lot to um, to contribute to the project, but before you contribute something that they don't need, <laughs> let's try to find what you could bring with your ability right. that is something that they need. Right. You know? <laughs> yes, you could give me a Rolls Royce, but actually, I need a Jeep because I'm going in the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Rolls Royce is not going to help me yeah. here.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, looking back, uh, I mean, is there any, any real games, the uh, scores that you've done that really stand out to you that are kind of your personal, I mean, they're all your babies, but, you know, any personal favorites so you like, oh, that was a great experience or that was a enriched me as a as a writer, as a storyteller.
0: You know, again, it's really, really hard to, to say because every game that I'm working on becomes sort of like something that is so personal for me. Right. And I was, you know, think after like a Phoenix world many times I think, Oh, this is the best thing I ever composed. <laughs> and then comment something like that and I could listen to it, it's like, well, it's pretty good. <laughs> I could do better here. So so, this is ever changing. As far as enjoyment, you know, there are a few brands like, for example, Fallout or or Siberia or, or, you know, some of the RPGs that I'm working like, you know, like Sword Coast that I really enjoy doing it. I can't say that this is the best thing I ever wrote. Um, in fact, I hope not. Because Probably, then you,
1: you, you have to work towards something. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's
0: a difference between something that you think it's the greatest or something that you really enjoy mm-hmm. doing. Um, and these projects I really enjoy doing because the um, level of creativity is really high and the um, basically the way they are just leaving a lot of decisions to you mm-hmm and and letting you basically try to sound your voice in you know the most personal way right um it's very enjoyable yeah.
1: so uh, another thing with um video games is that you reach a i think a younger audience than most i mean these days i mean i'm you know 28 i'm playing fallout but mm-hmm. when video games were really kind of growing in the late 90s it was you know, for the kids you know for the kids were growing right. you know But so I grew up with, you know, Michael Giacchino's Medal of Honor, you know, stuff like that. But it's part of, you know, me and my brother will still remember certain cues and everything. And you're really, people get attached to this music. So when you meet your fans and you read it on Twitter, on Facebook, and how your music affects people, I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, that must be really the the biggest reward of the. the, This is the biggest reward. No,
0: no, you know, I mean, no doubt that the fans. Are basically what drives us. I mean, there, it's no secret. Mm-hmm. Our sort of like um, our fortune, or you know, really our big luck, is the ability to contribute and to give somebody something that he could enjoy mm-hmm. and, and, and experience some emotional you know and different emotions and stuff that's it's a huge uh, you know i mean fortune that we could do it yeah and you know i know that me as a composer i'm i'm so always moved by the fact that i did something that meant something for somebody else You know, I mean, this is it. We need money. We need a lot of money. (laughs) We all know. We need to live. Right. Business is a huge side. Of course. Political and politics is a huge side. Yeah. But if you ask, not only me, I guess, but any composer, what is really, what really matters, the core point is this connection between the composer to this one single player or fan mm-hmm. or listener that heard it and it meant something this is it that's that's the whole notion
1: and you had that video they posted of you playing the theme on the piano and it's several hundred thousand views in the comments I mean people and that I mean that's one of those things that, how many years was it since you've been working on all these games people are growing up with these games and that music yeah. attaches to them and it becomes something really i think special. that the video
0: became successful because people really want to see the face behind yeah and i think that there is something very personal about a composer that sits down and tell you the listener or the player i'm not above you i'm not in some like great studios you know writing stuff that you'll be lucky to hear yeah no I'm here to play for you. Yeah, I'm performing for you. <laughs> and I'm performing it in my house. And I'll sit there, and you can sit next to me, you know, and I'll play for you. And I think people really... Because that's how I felt. You know, I felt that this is what I want to give the players. Right. This is what I really want to... Hey, guys, I mean, and girls, lots of girls. <laughs> in fact... Mimi Page, who is one of, of great singers that I'm collaborating with, she's like a an great and passionate gamer, mm-hmm. you know? And so every time I'm thinking about, like, a gamer, I'm thinking about her, you know, the, how excited. And and I just wanted, basically, to say thank you yeah. to them. And this is my way of saying thank you.
1: Right. I know there, there are a lot... Uh, I I have several female friends that are... Fallout Day One, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, oh yeah, of, uh, oh yeah, the gaming community is the, the always very diverse. I guess diverse. there's that that idea that like oh it's just you know the teenage boys or whatever, but it's so diverse. No, now, like, now it's I
0: mean huge. it used to be maybe 10, 12 yeah, years yeah. ago, but it, thank God it changed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's storytelling, and that's the thing. It's it's exactly everybody is. I mean it's becoming this rich medium, and it's 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 up there with television and film, and I oh, think yeah. it's not something you know like oh it's just a, it's just a game, but no it's you get so emotionally invested with the characters and of course because of you and your colleagues making the music for for and as you're talking about you know trying to meet the people behind it for me as right. a, a listener when i moved out here and i started you know doing stuff like this it's because yeah you you just hear the music but it's like well that music is making me feel something it's making me feel an emotion that i you know i wasn't feeling before it's like well who's making who's making me feel this way so you want to go out and it's, so, sitting exactly. here talking with you is such an, a huge honor. So Well, like, thank you. <laughs> uh, same thing. And I
0: really, really want to thank you for taking the time. And, you know, I mean, it means a lot for me.
1: Yeah. And so, to wrap up, maybe before, uh, you know, let's talk maybe something. Outside of business, uh, for you, you know, the, the, the person, the man, what do you like to do for hobbies outside of music? What are your passions? First and foremost, basketball. Basketball? A basketball player? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm
0: playing basketball still twice a week. Very, very avidly. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't miss it. In fact, I'm a little injured, but and tomorrow is my game day, and but I, I will fight it, and I will go and play. Um, uh, but, uh yeah, that's very important, but overall and most important of everything is my family. Of course. Uh, I'm a family man. Uh, I have an amazing wife and three children. Three children, beautiful kids. And it's basically my life Um, and uh, this is basically what is filling my life um, every day. (laughs) And and so, can't talk about hobbies and stuff because you're just basically, believe me, this is it's a lot yeah <laughs> you know um, and uh, family today uh, it's not something that everybody's taking you know for granted so many broken families so many you know not good vibe about the whole thing and I could tell you if it's good then it basically what drives you
1: but I, I, I mean and is families the most that what you do it for of course is it uh, uh, I feel like a lot of composers I talk to it's, it's, it's this is such a hectic uh, business in terms of your time your personal time because it's taking up so much of your time these scores these games take it's not a 9 to 5 job you know it's so many hours i mean is it is it a, a struggle to juggle work time?
0: Actually no, I so far was really managed to do it because I'm starting to work uh, very, um, very. I'm not like the typical composer who wakes up at 11.
1: Yeah, you know, and you know. works till 5am. Exactly. <laughs> so you've managed yeah, to I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting balance. every
0: day at 7am mm-hmm. so by 5, you know, I'm done. I cannot, even if I wanted, I cannot compose yeah, anymore. You're completely you know, drained. And, <laughs> and then that's the family time perfect you know and you're and right here your house is exactly right here. and if I have to do something really like urgent then I'll go at nine or ten and jump in for one yeah. or two more hours but family time is, is a sacred time for me
1: yeah well you know I'm, I want to thank you again for your time and for inviting me here and and, and sharing some moments with you so thank you so of much. of course
0: and thank you for coming and much appreciated and and thank you for taking your talent and bringing other people these stories